Hey guys, it's Liz. This is the last week you can join the Back to You Challenge. Yes, the live event is already done, but you can watch the replays and join our pop-up group until September 10th. This is the time. There's no better time. It's time to get back to you, what you really want, and knowing that it's safe to take the time to do it. So join us. Join the women who are pulling out all the stops to put themselves first. Go to lizswadick.com slash back the number two you. So lizswadick.com back to you. Link in our show notes. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hello, warriors. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship on this podcast because, well, I am one and have always been one at heart since I was a little girl with my clowning and magic business with my best friend, Michelle. There comes a time when you need a grown-ass business strategist for your business. Well, that's where my guest comes in. Her big message? Stop making the data of your business mean something about you. Yes, back to that message again. You cannot personalize your business. There's nothing wrong with you. The fact is, entrepreneurship is a journey and a triumph, but it brings up all your shit. It just does. It's a journey back to ourselves but we can't take it personally. We got to look at the long game. And we're learning today from someone who's been in that game a long time and worked with big brands and big businesses. This is a great story of a woman that went from sleeping on the floor with her refrigerator humming in her ear to living the life of her dreams. All right, let's get into it. But first, I always say I have the best job in the world. I get to help women unlock their limitless potential so they can have it all. If your mind is saying you can't have it all, that's fear running the show. I'm here to tell you, the only thing between you and holistic success is you. The doors to Limitless Warrior are officially open. Join Limitless Warrior. It's time to dig deep and shine bright. It's time to permanently break up with fear If you want all the holistic success you've been dreaming of, join us. It's a 12-week program, once a week, on a Zoom for 90 minutes. Get off that hamster wheel and be the limitless woman you know you are inside. The link to save your spot is limitless-warrior.com. Join us. All right, everybody on the show today is Selly Arias, a.k.a. the grown-ass business strategist. Selly helps wildly creative entrepreneurs finally stop flying by the seat of their pants with a unique no-templates-allowed approach to mastering the fundamental systems, strategies, and mindset skills that will transform them into world-class seven-figure CEOs who are truly a cut above. Selly holds two BAs, an MBA in global marketing and business management, and she is a certified mindset coach. While working towards a PhD in theology, she uncovered her own calling. 
using her 30 years in business to guide entrepreneurs towards a healthy business and ultimately their dream life, she's been a COO to tech startups and has closed multiple seven-figure deals and has partnered with the likes of Alex and Ani, Supreme, Edmodo Education, Happy Not Perfect, and Lululemon, just in case you were wondering, just to name a few. Selly is regularly featured in the media, included in Entrepreneur and the NASDAQ. She's originally from Argentina. She lives in New York with her partner, and she travels globally. And best of all, guys, she's my friend. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Selly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You're such a powerhouse. This is going to be so much fun. I mean, we were just like gabbing away. So like I could literally talk to you for all day and night and we could live in the same house and I'd never get sick of you because I just love you to death. So I'm so excited that you're on this show today so I can share, I can share the silliness with everybody. Oh my gosh. Share the silliness and the silliness. Yeah. Yeah. When we met, I was like, I think I love you. And you're like, good, because I love you too. And I was like, good. Yeah, this is going to be great. I love you. We were like literally in love. Yes, we were. Yeah, because we 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 both were in these like giant girl dresses. We were out on the lawn. We were having cocktails. We were feeling free. We were feeling so good. Yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start at the beginning because I love to ask this question because sometimes there's something in our childhoods that kind of mirrors or is a kind of window into the work we're doing now. Is there anything in your childhood that would point to kind of where you are now in your life or business? Oh, yeah. I think everything. (laughs) (laughs) I think now when I look back, I'm like, oh, right. There was that. And then there was that. And there was that. And then there was that. One thing is when I was 10, I decided I really wanted to take ballet. And I realized and I observed that my parents and then single mother would not afford, would not be able to afford for me to take ballet. I kind of realized very early, like, oh, in this world, you need money to do things. And in my world, I don't have the money to do the things that other kids have the money to do. By the time I was 11, I started like my first official business, but like I didn't just like start babysitting. Like I started a babysitting business and my 10 year old brain wasn't interested in being a babysitter. And I wasn't interested in like just doing some babysitting. I, my brain had already concocted a way to build a business. So I was very young, obviously, but very mentally mature. So what I did was I kind of hired my two older friends who were twins and they were Brazilian and they were developed and they looked older. And I kind of coaxed them into doing the door-to-door sales calls with me. And they would do the sales, door-to-door sales calls with me. I was the one who would show up and deliver. Like, so now looking back, I'm like, oh my Lord, I was crazy. (laughs) You were like building an empire. You You were seeing and feeling this entrepreneurial spirit which you now support people and having this amazing entrepreneurial spirit and not forgetting that it's all about the entrepreneurial spirit, like feeling the the goodness of it, right? I love that because it's so true. You could have just started a babysitting business and like, I'm going to babysit, but instead you like had employees. Yeah. I mean, I had like a whole plan. So I would be the one who would show up and deliver because they really had no interest in doing the work. But I also did like weekend full, full, like, camp days in my backyard and had people bring their kids and do like camp like events for the full day. And parents loved me because they were like, 
you mean we get to drop off our kids at your house for a whole day and they're going to play on your trampoline and be watched by you and your mom is there. And <laughs> like, yeah, I would do like a whole day event for my clients, children every once in a while. So yeah, I had created a business. I then got on my bike that following summer, rode to the little shopping center near my neighborhood. I don't even know. I can't even figure out how I figured these things out as a kid because there was no internet. But I went into like the Dolly Dinkle dance studio, figured out they had a summer program, signed myself up, bought myself ballet shoes, signed myself up. And they were like, can we call your mom? (laughs) <laughs> and make sure that you're supposed you're to be allowed to do here, be here. Like yeah, you're supposed to be here. And I did stuff like that all the time. By the way, I also, I then became a professional ballet dancer. My first degree is in modern dance. I became a professional modern dancer. And then I moved back to tang- to Argentina in my twenties and I became a professional tango dancer. So I was not playing. She did not come to play. No, you are not here. I, I love this. <laughs> first of all, this makes so much sense to me, like knowing you and why I just adore you because I too had a business when I was 10 and it was a clowning and magic business. And I remember thinking, I took this clowning and magic course, but I literally took it thinking, I'm going to take this course because I'm going to actually do this thing and I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to have a whole circuit. I'm going to own this birthday party circuit. It is going to, I had my favorite part of the entire thing was making my business cards. Like I was so obsessed with the idea of business. I used to have these plays in the backyard and I, I loved manning the cash register and I cast them all and I, I would get kids from the neighborhood. I'd be like, I'll cast this kid because he's got six kids in his family and the whole family's going to come and buy tickets. Like I literally, every, oh. I love the way your mind's working because I- We would have been besties back then too. Oh, we, I would have been like, yeah, yeah we would have built then. I can't yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Okay. So how did you become, I love this, the grown ass business strategist. How did you become this person? I was talking to a friend of mine who's brilliant and who's a brilliant positioning and messaging person, honestly. And we were just talking about one day, like what I do and what I really do for people and what I really teach. And we were kind of just talking about like how she's been in the industry for, she's been in the online business industry for a long time. And we were talking about how people don't really coach the way I coach and teach the way I teach. And she's like, it's almost like people come to you when they're ready to grow up their business, you know? And we just started laughing about that. And I I was like, that's right. You come to me when you want a grown ass business. That's actually the journey, right? In the beginning, you're playing with something, you're toying, you're figuring out your market. This is totally okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually a natural journey. You're figuring out your audience. You're figuring out your product market fit. You, you're figuring out if you're good at selling it. You need to be able to sell. You're making money. But after a while, if you kind of hit it, if you finally figured out what the offer is and you've hit it on the head, right, then you start to feel like you're spinning because then you're just in this like, content, sales, deliver, content, sales, deliver. And you start to spin in these two pillars, right? Where you're kind of just in like marketing sales, marketing sales, marketing sales, marketing sales. And now you start to feel like I'm on the spin cycle of my business and I'm starting to hate it and I'm starting to resent it and I'm starting to feel stuck, right? So we were just joking about like, I don't do what most coach coaches do, which is they're an expert in one pillar or one thing, and they're going to give you the next one thing. Because what you're doing a lot of times is you're doing the next one thing that's going to hit it big, the next one thing that you need, the next one thing that you need, right? Yeah. And what I do is I like... Yeah. 
Yes. And everyone's kind of piecemealing their knowledge and piecemealing their businesses. And so what I do is kind of go, I'm going to open up the fan. I'm going to open up your vision to the into all the pillars to how business actually works, how all the pillars connect. I'm going to open up your periphery vision so that you can get out of that spinning and understand all the pillars in business that you need to hit and how to start addressing them and how to start building a solid foundation. And so she was just saying like, it's like you help people grow up, like you help them grow up their businesses. Well, that's true. Like, You're right. Because yeah. in the beginning, it may also be like, oh, I have this business, but I've got this other business too. Or I'm a corporate person, but I do this side hustle. And then, oh, well, I'm making some money. Oh, maybe I'll invest more. Like, you know, people go through a journey when they start businesses. And you're right. Like, usually I feel like, and would you agree that people are always having to go back and build the foundational piece? Like, that is definitely something I've had had trouble with. Like, I kind of like popped this thing up and it started making money. And then I was like, I don't even have like a CRM. Like, I don't even know like what I'm really doing. And then like it be- things became like painful. Like I have to move my stuff to Kajabi. I'm going to lose my mind. I don't even know Kajabi. Now I'm like in Kajabi, like owning it, doing anything I need to do. But like every little like new step, you know, was like, ah, because I didn't yeah. really start out that way. I'm an even when, and I just want people to know, even when I've worked with clients who are already at seven figures or multi seven figures, I always go in like rolling up my sleeves, ready to get down and dirty, get into the hard stuff. And we actually always have to kind of clean up the gaps in the foundations. So that's why I built um, my foundations program, Roadmap to Millions, because I was like, what if I just helped people address these gaps a little bit earlier on? What if I just gave people this knowledge and I gave people the tools, the I give you the actual tools to have a solid foundation earlier on. So when you are seven figures, you're not totally burnt out and not profitable because I actually see that a lot. So that's kind of how that came to be. And we just played around with calling it that. That's a non-nerdy way of saying like, I help people grow their businesses, but I help them also grow up their businesses. Grown ass business. That's what we're talking about. Uh, But you, this is interesting to me, Sally, because you say you came from a family who really didn't believe in entrepreneurship. Tell me how you overcame that. Because like, if you come from a family who really is like, come on, you're too smart to be like wasting your time spinning around over here. Cause I'm sure your parents thought you were super capable. It wasn't that it was more that they thought like, what are you going to make like $5? Like it's not going to be, you know, so how did you kind of get past that. Yeah, I mean, I think not that you would listen to your parents, I'm just saying. It was really tough when I was younger and and I think this is also partly why I enjoy coaching people through business strategy and the mindset and the self-doubt. Self-doubt on the business journey, on the entrepreneurial journey is really normal, it's just a part of it. But for me, yes, both of my parents are very very traditional and work for other people and have played all their cards right. And I think they were really disappointed. They were disappointed in this very smart, overachiever, hardworking, like brilliant daughter who in her 20s decided to move to Argentina and start a clothing line. I mean, I think they were just like, now, I always I always got myself into these kinds of projects, obviously from previous stories, but they were just like, oh God, now she's done it. Like- <laughs> And, and I think that, and, you know, and I think it says something a lot about being an entrepreneur requires resiliency and I am a little bit of a rebel and I am very stubborn. And I think my stubbornness actually helped me in that journey because 
probably at least once a month, I had a hard conversation with my mom once a month for years. I had the like, what are you doing? Where's your money? Where's your career? Like, what are you doing? Who are you kidding? You know, and my mother's a lovely supportive person, but that's what happens when people don't understand what you're doing. So I think my stubbornness actually really helped me on this journey because it lit me up a little more to prove myself. Oh, Um, absolutely. It made me like, you don't, you just, you don't get me and I'll show you kind of thing. So, and I'm kind of wired that way, which has been really helpful in the things I've built because when someone's like, you can't build a CEO dashboard, it's too complicated. I'm like, don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> you know, like in my head, the song just starts playing and I'm like, here we go. I'm building a CEO dashboard. I'm going to teach everybody how to do it. I'm going to teach people KPIs. Watch me. So there, there's, there is this element of that in my personality that I think has really frustrated partners in my life, but has been, has really paid off in business. <laughs> I think uh, it was really hard. It felt really lonely. And so when I have entrepreneurs and people in my programs who are like, this is hard and this is lonely. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And that's why I build my programs in a way where it's like, everybody off mute, talk, express yourself. What do you need? Ask questions. Like, let's all hear each other because I think it's really important. I notice it's really important for people to hear each other and hear that they have the same questions, the same issues, the same doubts, the same challenges, you know? So I I really run my, my group programs in a way where it's like, let's go masks off. Let's be ourselves. Let's help each other here because business is lonely and hard. And I experienced that for many, many, many years, many years. Yeah. I I think it wasn't even until I was in my late thirties that my parents were just like, I'm talking like late thirties. Maybe when I was like 40, I think my parents finally kind of gave it in and said, we think she's an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe we should celebrate her. Yeah, maybe we should just like be okay with it. So I understand the the lonely journey for sure. And I think that rebel spirit's so amazing. Like I honestly, I and this is also probably why we love each other so much is that I love when people are like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, did you just, was that a battle cry? Like, I, it's like a dog whistle. I'm like, I just heard something. Did, did you hear that? Did you guys hear it? Everyone's like, I didn't hear anything. I'm like, she just, she just said, I can't do it. Like what? She, or she said, no one's ever done it. I'm like, what? I'm going to do it. You know, it's, yeah, that's all you need that, to do. That is literally how I'm wired. I had a boss. I did try corporate. I did work for a luxury company in corporate for two years. It's where I learned about sales and I was in partnerships and sales. And my boss sat me down in a one-on-one. He's like, well, that deal's not going to happen. You're not going to pull that off. And I was like, <laughs> did you just do what I actually needed you to do for me to prove you wrong? Thank you, sir. And (laughs) I closed a $2.5 million deal with Supreme. So thank you very much. But I really like, it was because he was like, yeah, I'm not even like putting that on the books. I don't even count that as a reality. I was like, oh yeah. I love that. I want to know the story about being homeless in Buenos Buenos Aires. You said you were homeless there and what was that experience? What in the world happened that you became homeless in your entrepreneurial uh, journey? 
Yeah, I should probably tell this story more often, ladies. <laughs> so in one of my business seasons, I was running a fashion label. I was teaching tango and performing tango with my partner, who was also my life partner. And I was working there so much as a teacher and practicing so much that I ended up moving into his house, which was a five-story bed and breakfast. So then I was also helping him run his bed and breakfast, of which I saw no penny because in his mind, I got to live there. So that was compensation enough. Um, so I was kind of running three businesses at the same time. And this is, you know, the importance of contracts and clarity around partnerships and what you're doing and what you get and all those things in business. But I heard a rumor from someone, from a dear friend who, after me, years of me running his business and running our teaching business together and running my own clothing line, I heard a rumor, I'm going to be real, real with you, that he was cheating on me. I was like, okay, well, your girl's over here, like 28, running herself ragged, working like a crazy person. That was kind of just like, and I think by that time I was 29 or 30. And so I just went up to him and I said, this person just let me know to watch my back because he saw something strange. Is it true? And he was like, yeah, it is true. So what are you going to do about it? And I was like, oh, again, dog whistle. <laughs> I was like, what are you do about it? Oh, okay. And all I did was, hmm, you're going to regret saying that. And I grabbed my purse and I grabbed my computer. These are the only two things I took with me. I grabbed my purse and my computer and my office keys. And thank God by then I had actually moved my clothing business to a little one studio apartment across like in a, in a neighboring neighborhood to not be in his house all the time because, right. And our entire lives and our entire business was on my computer. So that's all I took with me. And I slept on my office floor for weeks. I mean, luckily I had an office, so, but I, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an apartment. There wasn't a bed, you know? So I was in Buenos Aires living in my office, sleeping next to a fridge. And then it, of course the, the ringing of my mother came in and was like, give up, just come back to New York, get, get a master's in something do, you know, come back, come back, join, get back on the tracks. Right. And I was like, no, I have a whole business regardless of, okay, two of my businesses are now down. I now don't work at the bed and breakfast. And I clearly don't have a teaching tango career and a performing tango career that's done clearly, but I have a whole clothing business. And by then I had distributors and vendors in nine countries around the world. So, cause I had been building up clientele, you know, over the years and they take clothing back and they sell it in their countries and at their shops. And so I was like, no, now I'm going to double down on my business and I'm going to stay. Love it. So I slept in my um, office for weeks and was very, very depressed, obviously, <laughs> very sickly looking, but I just was like, no, I'm sticking this out. And eventually I rented a room. I found a place to rent a room from. And I lived like in a 
room with lots of roommates. All of, it was kind of like starting over again in a way. Oh yeah. But I think at one point I was just like, oh, you, you know, when you go into survival mode so hard that you don't realize that you're homeless. And I was like having coffee with a, a friend of mine and she was like, girl, you're homeless. <laughs> and, and she was like, why are you not like, she was like, if I was you, I would be a puddle of tears right now. Why are you not in pieces? And I was like, cause I'm in full on survival warrior mode right now. I'm like, I was like, oh no, he didn't. Mm. Was like, oh no, no, he didn't. I am like moving forward, picking up my business, putting my life back together. But yeah, I mean, I went from like having my own apartment to living in a five-story house to then like sleeping on an office floor where I had like sewing machines and, you know, next to like, you know, when you're like right next to a fridge, sleeping next to a fridge and it's like humming all night. (laughs) Oh yeah. I haven't slept next to a fridge, but I'm just going to go with you and figure that that must be annoying. Like that him, that hum would actually keep me up. So I, I, I'm (laughs) that's an incredible story of your resilience. And I love the whole double down because you know what a lot of people would have gone home a lot of people would have given up but in those moments where you say no screw that i'm going to double my efforts and i'm going to i'm going to make this happen i mean that's something that you can look back on any other time something is going super left or not the way you wanted to because sometimes these we perceive problems obviously that are not necessarily problems but for us they seem that they are and we want to just give up we want to just like fold And our minds like to tell us like, oh, well, you don't know what you're doing and you're, you know, you probably should just quit everything. When then you look back and you see that evidence like, no, girl, remember the refrigerator? Remember when you were on the goddamn floor? Then you're like, oh, yeah, fuck, I got this. Like, that's this isn't even close to that, you know, like, right. That's so amazing that you have that to, to call back on and a foundation you can build from so that you don't tell yourself a story that you're not powerful. Totally. And we're all powerful beyond measure. And for me in that moment, it was more about if I go home now and prove my mom right, it is going to be so hard for me to not do, for me to ever do my own thing again. If I go back home now, I am going to get thrust into the like, get a job, get on the corporate ladder, just make money, just do what everybody tells you to do. And I just, I knew intuitively it was going to be so hard to be my creative self and do anything that I wanted to do. It was going to be a bigger battle. And so I was like, no, I'm sticking this out and I'm standing by my business and I'm standing by what I've already built and I'm sticking it out. And I'm and I'm glad I did because I think if I would have gone home, I would have fallen into like be at home, get some job I hate and fall into a path that I might have fallen into because I would have felt like a failure. I think you would eventually even in that scenario you would have fucking rebelled and been like I'm at, I changed my mind. Like I didn't totally your person Jinx. Is, it's too rebellious. You're too, you know, you're you're too much of a of a person who doesn't you're unsinkable. You're an unsinkable person and so you would have maybe for 5 seconds you would have done that but then you would have been like, "You know what? No." <laughs> you know, and you would have done something. <laughs> if I just said to you, "Okay, Sally, if there's one thing one thing that you want to let business women and entrepreneurs know about running their business. 
what would it be? Oh, good Lord. I know. I feel like I, I should be the, the something and it doesn't have to be the most important thing, but it's just like one thing. And maybe it's something you're really seeing right now with your clients, like something you're like a universal truth that's really coming to you. Like, oh, my God, whatever you do, women in business and entrepreneurs know this about running your business. Shoot, this is hard. OK, something I'm seeing a lot that I just want to say. There is nothing wrong with you. Stop making the data mean something about you. Explain. Okay. Explain that. So like every week in my in my roadmaps course, we go through like one element, one basic system that you need to have in place from like marketing to sales to numbers, whatever. And every every week somebody has some breakthrough and they're like, oh God, I've been doing it all wrong. No, there is nothing, there is no wrong. There's nothing wrong with you if you didn't do a certain thing in your business. You're a badass. You're doing great. You're doing great because you chose to get off the tracks and create your own path. And you chose to try it and you chose to do it. And that in itself is the biggest triumph. And so when you go, oh shit, I never did my numbers that way. Or, oh shit, I I didn't even think to interview people and have my messaging and positioning come from my interviews. Oh shit, I didn't think about marketing channel. Oh my God, the way it's like, don't beat yourself up about it. It doesn't mean anything about you. I'm just teaching you new skills. And that's it. And I'm, I'm literally a nerd. I'm a teacher at heart. I'm just teaching you stuff no one teaches you and I'm teaching you skills, but it doesn't mean you've done something wrong or that you're bad. Okay. That so is like part one. Nothing's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Stop making it mean something about you. Okay. And part two on a strategic level, the uncomfortable thing, and this is where sometimes you need help and where you need to employ some help. A lot of times the unlocking in your business is going to come by looking at the thing you most avoid. Explain that. So, cause you know, my gen- the generic business coach number coach thing to say would be know your numbers, girl. Number one, know your numbers. But like, if you're a numbers person, that's not your thing. The thing you're avoiding is like marketing and selling and visibility and putting yourself out there and understanding your people, right? And talking to them. But if you're a like talker and a marketer and like da 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 da, you like probably have a total like you know guardrail against looking at your numbers. So what I find is that the number one thing that's really going to unlock your business for you is that thing that makes you kind of cringe, that thing that makes your body tighten, that thing that you don't want to do. That's the thing that you just need to exhale and go, okay, I need to either look at that or I need to find somebody who can help me look at that thing that makes me really uncomfortable. Because underneath that rock where you've piled lots and lots of rock and meaning and beliefs, you've piled all this stuff there. Underneath that, it's there's a whole really, really, really simple solution that you're avoiding because you, we avoid pain and we avoid the thing we believe we're bad at. Right. So, because I can't say that there's one thing, here's the truth. The one thing is understanding all the pillars of business and knowing where you're weak and finding a way to create a love language with that thing that you're weak. And that eventually will mean, yeah, I hate doing this part of my business. So therefore I hire 
somebody to do it for me, right? You don't have to do it all yourself, but you do need to understand where your weak point is and create a relationship with it. I think that's such great advice because you're right. Like if you are a numbers person, that's not your issue, right? Maybe it's visibility. Like you don't like to be out there, right? Or maybe you are scared of the money. And so you just don't look. You're like, I'm just not going to look at that, right? But then you're not looking at it and you're not understanding. Okay, let's see. Because it really is math, right? Like, okay, here's my business. I, I sell car parts and cars. Okay. Well, how many, what's my ultimate goal? Okay. I want to make, you know, seven figures. Okay. Well, how many cars do I need to sell? Like you need to know that information so that you know what your target is, right. And you know where you're going. So I love that. I think that's such a great advice, Sally. Like that was a gold moment right there. So if everyone would like to rewind that, go right ahead and get that gold for yourself. All right. Guess what, Sally? It's the speed round. We're on to the speed round. It's party time. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. This is the good part. I'm telling you. This is the Oh, is it? Yes. Okay. There's no wrong answer. That's what's so great about it. I am learning that it is all a journey. Mm. Explain that. I am very, very ambitious and goal-oriented, obviously, if you can't tell. And I am learning my own lesson, which is who I am becoming on the journey is what prepares me and sets me up for the big milestone, for the next big milestone. And I say this because, hey, if your launch didn't do as well as you wanted it to, it's because there's you there's something you have to go through in that journey and heal something or solve something or learn something from the journey to then hit the next big milestone, right? So Sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't get that big gig on that stage and I would crush that stage. But now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, but I didn't have roadmaps built yet. So had I gotten on that stage and that time in front of that audience, in front of those investors and those people that could now be investors in my company, it would have really been the wrong time because I had to become this person, have helped this many clients, have had this many, you know, launches under my belt or whatever the thing is. So like, I'm really now feeling in my bones like, oh, damn, it's not a meme, but it's about the journey. Like, it really is the journey. Like, it's really about who you're becoming along the journey rather than getting pissed if you didn't hit a certain goal at a certain time. I love that. All right. Answer this. When I feel lost, I... (sighs) I interrupt. What does that look like? For me it has to be physical. So I'm a very, very heady person. And I am somebody who's really disciplined and I can like hunker down and just like, I can actually metaphorically tie myself to my chair and force myself to be at my computer and keep going. Obviously I have that kind of resilience, but actually I've learned now that when I feel myself feeling that way, I need to get up. I need to put on a song and like dance it out. I need to go out into the street. Right now I'm in Greece. I don't speak to anybody. So I just start flirting with the Greek men. It's hilarious, you know, because they're just like, oh, that funny American. She's so funny. I have to like get up and physically move out of the room. I need to dance. I need to get in my body. I need to go outside. I go outside and make funny videos. I like try to have ridiculous conversations in Greek. It's a hot mess. But I have to get out of the phys- I have to get out of the physical tension. Yeah. I used to think that I could get more done by like, ooh, I am I have so much sta- I have stamina of an athlete. I trained like a professional dancer. So I used to pride myself in having that kind of stamina. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's not where my good work comes. 
from those moments. And yeah. And if I actually get in my body, which means get up, go dance, go do something, go jump around. Sometimes I just do like push-ups and jumping jacks to a song, to like a really fun peppy song. If I'm not in the mood, because if I'm really in a grumpy mood, I'm like, I don't want to dance. <laughs> I'm like, fine, bitch, do some jumping jacks. Jump like, up and down, do something. Me, yeah, me, me and myself, we have like these conversations. Okay. But I know that now I have to like get out of my head when I get really tense. I love Greece. My husband and I went on our honeymoon to Greece and it, we talk about Greece like it's a person. We're like, remember him? He's so beautiful. <laughs> We're like, yes, he's such the he's the best person. Like we love Greece. So we will be coming back. Where are you in Greece right now? Well, I'm in Athens right now, but every few weekends we try to hit up an island so that I can experience things and not work as much as I'm working. So I'm actually working a lot, but there's a, a coffee shop down the street from me where the waiter during a certain time of day, his name is Thanos. So I always go in there and I'm like, Oh no, you're the most evil character in the world. You poor thing. Everyone must hate you. And he's like, I don't even know. Oh. He's like, I know. And I'm so nice here. Have a chocolate croissant on me. And like every day he gives me a chocolate croissant because he's trying to prove how nice he is. And I'm like, thank you. That's how I get free chocolate sauce. Oh my God, I love it, Sully. That's so funny. All right, finish <laughs> this one. I am a woman who walks her talk. Woo, yes, you do. That's 100% true about you. Okay, here's the next one. I am proud of the fact that I built something that helps people. Yeah, it really does. I always say, talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me? Is that what you said? <laughs> that is so hot. I'm going to have to use that. Talk nerdy to me, everyone. Talk nerdy. I'm that like, so ooh, talk cool. nerdy to me. What's going on in your numbers? <laughs> I always try to make, I'm always, I say a lot of ridiculous things. And I say a lot of ridiculous things to interrupt the nervous system stress cycle that we get in when talking about whatever in our business isn't working. Cause there is nothing like being in a room of 20 people staring at you and you suddenly feel everybody's bodies constrict. You know that, you yeah. know, when you're teaching yeah. and you're like, just like goes out of the room. Yeah. Yes. And everyone's like, did she just talk about projections? Are we going to make sales projections? I don't even understand how to do basic math. What does she mean sales projections? And I don't even know what my offers are. And so I just say ridiculous things. And people are like, is she crazy? And I'm like, yes, I'm crazy. Now let's look at your numbers. Crazy like a fox. Crazy like a fox. <laughs> All right, one more. I'm really excited about. Oh, gosh. What are you excited about, Sally? Besides Thanos giving you free chocolate wasabi. <laughs> Croissants are good. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> I'm really excited. So I recently wrote, I, I walk my talk, and I recently, with my clients, wrote out my three-year business vision. And I wrote, and I hadn't really thought about it before, but it kind of came, someone said something to me, and I was like, oh, I should do that. And then when I wrote my video, I was like, oh, yeah, I should really. And it kind of came to be, and I am really excited about this thing that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Um, but I really am, I'm going to make, um, my foundations course, a program that people get, can get certified in because I'm really excited to have 
this type of business knowledge spread to communities that don't have access to this information. So communities where people didn't go to school, started a business. I'm a woman of color. So, you know, people of color, immigrants, I am an immigrant myself. I'm a child of immigrants. And I just realized like, oh, this isn't about me at all. This is about getting the tools into the hands of more people. And that when I realized that and I shared my vision recently, which was very nerve wracking, but the thought that it like, I'm building something that's not about me at all. And it's not about my ego. And it's really like, I built a thing and it works and it really helps people. And I want to get it into the hands of more people. I'm really excited about that. That's super cool. No way that, you know, when you're like, Oh, I could, and you got to understand for context. Like I went to seminary because I thought I was going to be a pastor. I mean, I was like going to be a theologian and because that's another part of my brain that I'm really interested in. But in that whole journey, I discovered there was just as much, if not more red tape in that world for a woman. And I was like, why am I entering into a world where there's even more red tape for me as a woman? And as an unmarried woman, forget about it. And I was like, why am I, like, how am I actually impacting helping people? And I don't know what happens. One day somebody asked me a business question. And by this point I'd worked in startup, tech startups as a COO, in corporate, in my own businesses, right? Somebody asked me a question and I was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. Like, no, you don't do that. You do this, this, and this. And I had this moment where I was like, oh, I have all these business skills. This is how I help people. Not by trying to like get break into a system as a woman and try to pastor to people. I actually help people by giving them the tools to make money and to like have the life. Yeah. Which is actually very scriptural, by the way. All these manifestation coaches out there are teaching scripture, whether they realize it or not. I'm excited about doing something that makes me feel on purpose. Yeah. And the bigger and the bigness of it, like that it's so beyond. Yeah. You, I love that. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't even need my name on it anymore. I don't even care. Like, it's called grown ass business. It's not even called celiarius. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm so excited for you, and I'm excited about all the things you're doing. And thank you for coming on the show today, Sally. Thank you for having me. I think what you're doing is amazing, well, and you're a rock star. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I loved, I loved our conversation. I thought there were so many moments that people are going to be like, like there was definitely some mic drop moments on there that people are going to be like, Whoa. So thank you for bringing your amazing wisdom and sharing your journey with us because you have been on one wild ride sister. And I'm just glad that I get to watch you and see where you go next. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. And if you you know what to do, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed by now, my God, I don't know what you're doing. Subscribe and also leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. Remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye, everyone. <laughs>